0: This is Gramercy, the podcast that highlights the stories of those who live and work on the margins of society. I'm your host, Corey Mallott. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. Welcome to Season 2. This season, the focus is on listening to the voices of our Black friends, neighbors, and strangers in order that we might better learn from their experiences of what it's like being Black in America. You guys, you are never going to believe who you get to meet today. My guest this week is famous for his skill. He is a professional tap dancer, native of Manchester, Connecticut. Do you remember the late, great Gregory Hines? Yep, he workshopped with him. Do you remember Riverdance, the show? As a cast member, he performed in that wildly successful, endearing show all over the world for eight years. That is just one of many of his incredible gigs. His professional resume is impressive. I'll let him tell you all about the rest. I'm so excited for you to meet Corey Hutchins, and not just because he's wicked talented, but because he's also my relative through marriage. How cool is that? This is quite the special episode. You will also get to meet his wife, my cousin Sarah, as they both discuss the joys and hardships of raising a biracial child and living a biracial marriage. You will also come away with a much greater appreciation for the history of tap dance, how it's passed down through the generations, and why it's important to keep this art form alive and thriving. There's also a bit about civil rights movement from the 1960s, the JFK thrown in there. This is a power-packed episode that will keep you on your toes. Enjoy! Well, Corey, it is so wonderful to finally meet you, and I'm so thankful we finally get to talk, and it's going to feel weird for me to always say my name, which is also your name, (laughs) over and over.
1: I know how that goes. Trust me. Trust me.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, um, I guess to get to know each other better, why don't you tell me who three people are that you would like to have over for dinner one day, whether they're dead or alive, and, and why?
1: Um... Wow! Yeah, that was this is a very, very interesting question. You know, it gets you—it gets you thinking about a, a lot of things. A lot of life questions pop up. A lot of inner questions inside of you pop up. Um, a lot of just self things of, of self. I know the first person I would I would I would love to sit down with is uh, my great great grandfather, um, who I've never met. Um, my great grandmother passed away in 2010 the 31st of 2000 december 31st of 2010 and um she was 94. and um i was very lucky to to be able to say until i was 26 that i had my great-grandmother um as a foundation of our family
0: that's impressive
1: Um, it is, it's, it's something that, you know, a very small percentage of people on the earth can, can say as far as how, how far their family lineage goes back, um, Mm -hmm. and how much that they can actually receive from that. Um, so going back to that, that, that is one reason why I would, I would love to sit down with my great, great grandfather just to get to know and understand my family more, um, Mm -hmm. where we came from. Um, why? How? Who his parents were? Um, who his wife's parents were? You know, just yeah. to act how how it was to live. Um, literally on her um, mantle, there's one picture. It's a probably a four by six, just a small and a nice little frame um, of the two of them, and they look so elegant and classy and and mm-hmm. and seemed like there was an an, um an upscale sort of feeling to them um and of course it could have been smoke and mirrors they just got dressed up real nice that day for the picture you never know but it's 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 something that that's always stood in my mind of of where i came from and and how i feel about my life and where i am now another would be bill bojangles robinson as a tab dancer um Bill Bojangles Robinson, um, for people that don't know, is a pioneer for the um, African American community and American tap dance in its in its own right, um, mm-hmm. to bring that sort of dancing and that color to the stage. And yes, is you know the first few movies and things like that. You know he plays the butler, he plays the slave, he does, you know a lot of things like that. But with his life and what he brought to the art form that i now you know hold dear as a career and and um focus of my heart it's it's huge to know what he went through and know you know the struggle that i try to regulate and and bring to and bring forth to other people some of the things that he's you know been downplayed for some of the things that he's not been able to you know, say some of the things that he's not been able to reach out and actually, and actually be a part of the community that he was in because of the color of his skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have all the all the freedoms to be able to do that. And I I would love to sit down and talk to him and know, you know, how it was to be such a pioneer in such a open art form where you were able to, or we're able to, you know, perform and bring happy sad you know melancholy all these different feelings to the stage
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um he was forced to you know do what they told him to do and how to do Mm -hmm. it and you know how does he how does he go from stage to you know the dressing room to outside to um the nightclubs where he would perform at and actually be a different performer.
2: Mm-hmm. What was
1: that like? What was the, the, the film, um, Bojangles to Bill Robinson, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, so that, that's a, um, another sit down um, that I Sounds would. Sounds
0: like you already have a lot of questions ready for him. Sounds yeah. like a trailblazer is the one who has to pay the deepest price. Mm. For the rest of people, huh?
1: It's 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 a thing because you don't yeah like you're not you don't know how to pave the road yet you don't know if you gotta dig you know how, how wide you gotta make the road you don't know what what where you're going or how you're doing it but you're you're doing it as as every step that he took he was he was making a new step for someone behind him um, so it was it, it's 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 huge and, and, and in tap dance that's literally where we come from we come from the traditions and the word of mouth passed down from generation to generation. That, that is just about the books that we read, the people that we talk to, um, the people that knew the people that knew the people mm-hmm. that knew the people. And all that history is brought back into my head and my mind. Um, and at this point, most of our ancestors, our grandfathers of tap dance, are no longer with us. And there's a big gap between as when I was growing up, there was woo, when I was growing up, there was um, a group, probably the, the, the grandfathers, but then they weren't too far away from the grandfathers of them. You know what I mean? So when they passed away, there was literally a whole generational gap because gregory hines had passed away when gregory hines passed away he was the only niche of that age mm-hmm. generation that was there with the generation of sammy davis jr uh, jimmy sly and you know buster brown um some of these names people might not recognize but these are names they can all look up you know and and, and um steve condos the nicholas brothers people know the nicholas brothers from their movies um so he he was kind of like that 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 bridge between me and them, mm-hmm. and that's the way the cold bridge just kind of collapsed, and there was no knowledge from, you know, the generation after me to that generation that we had just lost in the mm-hmm. early 2000s. It was it was put upon myself and 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 other dancers in our generation to help out. You know the guys that were you know ten years ahead of us to keep that strength alive of of the the old cats we used to call them the old cats and what they would say you know we would sit down you know have coffee, have a drink if you're old enough you know sit down at these little these little dance clubs and things like that and and have conversation and that's really where that was, and that's exactly what this this question is about is who would mm-hmm. you sit down and getting that information just getting that information there is 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 key especially for um for my 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 focus on on my art form you know the american uh jazz tap um art form Mm -hmm. i guess third i don't know i got i got that far with two so (laughs) long
0: conversation with just two people
1: (laughs) i mean i i I would sit and be so intrigued by by so much from them i don't know I'd, i'd probably look into um Oh, that's who it was John F. Kennedy. I would love to sit and have a conversation with him yeah. just where um my my wife is 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 a huge history buff that comes from you know my father in law um that comes from his father's father who um you know um stormed beaches in world war II and and things like that, and knowing who he was as a pioneer. For civil rights and just being a a, a a face of equality for the first time, that was in such a high power. Um, you put yourself out there, obviously. Yes, yes. <laughs> we 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 know the ending of his story, but um, he put himself out there for for many reasons, and and I, I would think the main reason is everyone deserves a chance everyone deserves something Mm -hmm. um but i'm not sure i'm not sure his thought process i'm not sure you know uh he might sit down with me and say oh it's just all political son like just let it go blah 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 you know what i mean so i i don't know but he's he's somebody that really i would think we would have a fantastic time sitting down and just and just um could we swear on this thing (laughs)
0: If that's part of who you are, then you go
2: ahead.
1: Shoot the shit. You just sit down. You know what I mean? Like, just hang out and and do that. I I probably won't cuss again. But that was the only thing that I would would think. As far as just sit down, you know, have a little brandy and just talk to this guy and, and, Mm -hmm. and, and pick his brain on literally just his life as the president. What was that like? What was that like battling literally on the floors with half probably more than half of, Mm -hmm. you know, the house that was, you know, Mm -hmm. barking throat and and looking at that. He's going to be breaking up their way of life. Um, Mm -hmm. On the same token, it's, it's other people's way of life also that he's, that he's worried about. So, um, just a lot going on there that I would love to pick his brain about, you know, how would it feel, how did you feel about leaving the white house? how did you feel about, did you ever feel you were in danger? Did you ever feel about, you know, this or that? So there's certain things like he, he would be a main person and probably the coolest person that I would probably be able to sit down and, and, and talk to. So, uh, yeah, that's my three right there.
0: Well, in his time of history in the sixties, I mean, the pinnacle of the civil rights movement, there's just so much, Encompassed in that time frame to talk about,
1: yeah, about everything, about Mm -hmm. lives, about you know, each day, everything was different. The country was was shifting Mm by the hour, and you know, in in the '60s, the '60s was a whole transformation of of life, Mm -hmm. as as we do it in 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 America, and um, he and he was part of it. He was a big cornerstone of that, and as a white male, that was. In his power, that the power that he had for him to sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to do what's right, because it's about time mm-hmm. uh, is is huge.
0: Correct me if I'm mistaken, but I think he also had an idea, a slight idea of what it was like to be marginalized because he grew up Catholic and Catholicism was extremely looked down upon in our country.
2: Yeah. And
0: was he also Irish? So he was Irish Catholic? He had two marks against him already, and then Democrat. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, on top of that, and that, yeah. So it was, um, and, and and yeah, you're bringing up a good point because we we were just watching, uh, uh, LBJ. We just watched LBJ. The, that was um, good. And 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 we've watched a few movies of that decade of you know that that administration, things like mm-hmm. that. And I'm looking back at this time, and I'm going that is what we have right now and we're praising it. Whereas, you know, change is, change is going to come, but it doesn't come at, at, at an easy price.
0: That's the truth. The price is steep.
1: Yeah. That's the hardest, that's the hardest thing. And, and without him and the price he he paid, we, I, I, I probably, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as say, I wouldn't be here with you, but I, I know that my career and, um, my, my life would be limited to, um, a certain focus as, mm-hmm. as, you know, as a certain road that I would have to take differently than, than, you know, I would today. For sure. I would hope that it's it everything without him, you know, somebody would have stepped up to the plate at some point, but it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to sit there and imagine, you know, my life um, from the eighties on what mm-hmm. it, was, if it if it was still, as hard it's been it's been it's been an interesting road but if it was as hard as you know 20 years prior what that would be like it reminds
0: me of something that uh sir isaac newton is quoted as saying and i can only paraphrase because i don't remember the exact verbiage but he said something about how he only got to where he was because he stood on the shoulders of giants before Mm. him and it sounds like you are echoing those same sentiments
1: that's pretty much right in a nutshell right there. Um, just knowing, yeah, that that ladder was placed for me to take that extra step up mm-hmm. because of the foundation that they built underneath them, underneath them, underneath them. So like, that's exactly that, that quote sits, sits in, and and says a lot of different things at the same time. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I'm so excited to, to hear that you love history as much as your wife, and that uh, it must be in our blood because I love history as much as Sarah loves it. Mm. And so, um, yeah, we could sit here and talk history and politics and the fallouts and the effects all day. I could make this all a, a political show today.
1: <laughs> volleyball and it'll go into a three, four hour, like, <laughs> look, some lunch and come back and finish.
0: There we go. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: today.
0: <laughs> Speaking of history, I'd love to hear some of yours. What was it like growing up being you in Connecticut? You said you were born um, a few miles from where you live now, right? A couple of town over. What was it like? How how was it? The good and the bad?
1: I was born in a in a single family home. Uh my mom my mom uh raised me. I uh, barely knew my father. I think I met him a brief stint in my life when I was 10. Hmm. That didn't turn out too well, you just saw the character, you saw the person, and even at ten i said you know i don't I don't need that in my life my life is my life is perfectly fine with with uh mom dad mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my mm-hmm. dad doing everything you know, teaching me how to fight, teaching me how to you know be respectful, teaching me how to it's 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 hard to to think back about Things like that. So so I was I was born six and a half weeks premature. Wow. And um I was born on December 14th. I should have been born closer to Valentine's Day. It it, it was tough on my family. Uh my mom's brother had just uh passed in a fatal car accident. And um that that's pretty much what would cause um my early birth um mm-hmm. with stress and and things that were going on emotionally with her um so i was named after him i was named after my uncle cory so that that brought out into you know certain medical situations i was born with minor cerebral palsy um, collapsed lung asthma all that stuff um and and i was lucky enough to to have the proper training. I was lucky enough for my mom to just step in and say, "Let's do what we have to do," mm-hmm. and and put me into rehab. When I was four, I I was able to be released from rehab, and they told my mom, "Keep them active, keep them in sports, keep them going, keep them moving, keep those muscles just moving."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think right around that time was uh, the Cosby Show with one of my favorite tap dancers, also Sandman Sims. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was like, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, that these kids, I see these tap dancers, they dance on their toes. My son walks on his toes. So she put me in dance class and 31 years later, here I am, um, still That's dancing.
0: Awesome. I love that story. That's beautiful. The beginnings of who you would become started.
1: Yeah. And, and through that, and through that, it was, it was a basis of, I would say that I was sheltered from a lot of, of racism and understanding that. Um, one, because my mom, you know, grew up in the inner cities of Hartford. Um, she's been through a lot and she wanted, you know, me to live my life the best way that, that she could, you know, make for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, there were conversations of, you know, you're different, there's going to be... You know, some people that are going to look at you different. I was born in, like, my town was, I'd be the coal, the piece of coal in the snowstorm. Oh, no. That literally was me. That still is me. I would go out places with my wife, and I'm a only (laughs) black person in this entire room. And I feel comfortable. Like, it's just a thing of, I'm used to it. I'm used to being in that situation, I have a whole bunch of white friends growing up. Um, and then I had my family. So it was like, boom, boom. Um, especially at the dance studio, it was myself, another uh, African-American lady. Um, she, I think she was like a year under me, but now she's, you know, she was a successful gymnast down in Louisiana at the university. And, um, and now she's a successful lawyer in 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 Louisiana. So there's there's things that come from there where we realize where we are. And I kind of was set in the right place at that time for me to for me to see all around me. Um, but in that mix, I my mom wanted me to have a cultural base, so I knew who I was and knew where I came from and why. Um, so um, she booked me into um, a—I won't say dance studio. I would—I would say it's more of um, a performing arts educational um, facility mm-hmm. called Artist Collective in Hartford. Um, if anybody wants to look them up, they are—they are they run—run are, uh, um, uh, run and founded by the great jazz saxophonist Jackie McLean.
0: Wow. What was that name again? Because I think you cut out just a little bit at the beginning. Can you repeat that, please?
1: Um, the name of the place is Artist Collective, and their founder is Jackie McLean with his wife, Dolly McLean. Jackie McLean has albums and albums and albums of of, of his stuff, um, especially back in the, in, in the 70s and 80s. Great man. Um, may he rest in peace. But they developed uh, Inner City because he was from from Hartford developed this, this educational facility for inner city kids and um, underprivileged kids that don't get, you know, the time to, you know, give their talents and showcase them the proper way because of certain eyes Mm -hmm. being there, you know, I learned West African drums. I've learned, you know, West African, West African um, dancing, um, one of my good friends, um, Abdule, he, I haven't seen him in years, but he always stands in my mind as such a strong man because of where he came from. He, he, he shipped over from West Africa mm. and his own business, um, as far as, you know, spreading his culture. And, you know, I did tap, we did lyrical jazz, you know, you dance, dance, you, you name it. We, we did it but it was two different scales from what I was getting in my hometown mm-hmm. and then what I was getting downtown. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I imagine it was.
1: <laughs> yeah. There was a um a huge difference that kind of collectively brought me to a center when you have both of those pieces put together. I really didn't I really didn't feel any sort of oppression or 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 anything like that until I started to travel after high school I was blessed two years later to to um, join the cast of Riverdance on tour. No way! And That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. We we're talking about the Irish. We'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I joined with them. I did eight years on the road with them. I traveled the world. I've been around the world twice.
0: That's um, so exciting. I loved watching Riverdance. I mean, who didn't?
1: Yeah, and I, you know what's so funny? I I when I when I joined the show, they flew me out to Vegas. And I was 19 at the time they flew me out to Vegas and I had never seen the show. I had never seen the show. I didn't know what was. (laughs) Yeah. Um, bringing the noise, bringing the funk was, was my main show at the time. Both of those shows came out in 95, 94 Mm -hmm. on Broadway. And, um, I was on the noise funk side. I was, I was raised by all these tap dancers that were in the show or helped develop the show. And then, um, one of my one of my um, my my main mentor at the time, Derek Grant. He, uh, you know, I called him on Christmas, and he was like, "What do you think about Riverdance?" And I was like, "I don't know. I, it's a show. It's a gig, right?" And um, yeah, I remember sitting front row at the Aladdin Theater. It's probably not there anymore, the Aladdin Hotel. But um, I remember sitting front row, watching the show for the first time, and 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 realizing this is this is my life from now on, and being able to see the number that we do and things like that people look at river dancer who don't know river dances they realize when they see the show that the show is a celebration of dance like we have it is dancers we've got the flamenco dancers we've got the irish dancers which is which is mainly they're they're repeating mythology mm-hmm. in the storylines. and then we have the celebration of dance in the second half well that's more of a historic thing um but I really didn't feel any any um, oppression until you start to go out the country and see cultures in their own element. Mm-hmm. And when they're in their own element, they don't like outside elements, mm-hmm. and especially um, Black American outside <laughs> elements like, you know, you know, hip hop was huge at that time and you know, I had my, I had my, my Tim boots and my baggy jeans and, Mm -hmm. you know, I do my thing, but people would never look at me and say, Oh, he's a professional tap dancer. Like you would never see that. Like thinking who Mm -hmm. I could walk down the street and, you know, I get followed in stores. I'd get, you know, people look at me different or if I, you know, go to ask directions, you know, people, you know, cower a little bit, you know, kind of get into their own little shell, you know, things like that.
0: So it's a physical feeling that that is a vibe you get off of people.
1: Yeah, yeah, you would get that negative energy. Um, mm-hmm. I Anything, mean, I, I would think like as a whole, that's what I would feel most of my life is that is is that quiet sense of negativity. Or... And how
0: do you combat that? What what is your response when you feel that negative energy?
1: I open my mouth and speak. <laughs> They'll hear me. I'm like, nah, y'all, y'all, what up, y'all, y'all, whatever. Can I get something like that? No. Mm-hmm. Was, it's a main thing. Like, Excuse me, ma'am. Can I? Uh, uh, oh, 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 is it, doesn't he speak so well? Like, it's mm. just things it's things like that, you know, that you try to not act the way they want you to act. So if it's pissing you off, if you can't be pissed.
0: You know, another guest told me that he says, I have to be less of me so that you're comfortable. Do you exa- feel that same way?
1: yeah it's a thing of i have to i have to process it like before it happens like or or while it's happening like okay there's going to this is this can go down one of two ways <laughs> and and if it's if it's if it's this way then we're going to go down the right road if it's this way we go down the left road you know i've i've had issues down in texas when we were traveling uh there's a couple of guys um wanted to uh i think he pulled a gun on me or something oh. and, I, I, I luckily I was around a lot of the people in my in in, in in the cast, and I got to slip away. And the police were right down the road, and um, they they you know they handled it. It was it was just a lucky situation there. Um, you know, going into Germany, it was the eastern part of Germany is more is is more mm-hmm. on that side. Um, it was surprising because I was dating a German girl at the time. And, um, we got to, you know, I got to, she was from Hamburg and I got to go and, you know, spend time when we were there in the city, instead of me being in the hotel, I got to literally nice. see what it's like through their eyes as you know, um, I got to see Deutschland as, as it is. Mm-hmm which is nice. um, And then, you know, you go like my friends and I go to the club. We're not allowing the club. Why we're we not allowing the club. We don't, we don't, want, we don't want some of you guys in here. It's me and my buddy, you know, that's half the answer. And you just, you just laugh and walk, walk it off and walk away. Because at the end of the day, my mom always taught me at the end of the day, you're going to be, you're going to be way stronger than they are by mm-hmm. walking. We're not, not saying anything and leaving it alone because they look foolish. Mm-hmm. They're looking foolish, or they're going to be the ones without any sort of backlash. Most people in in a racial tense situation want a response. They want to make you mad. They want to upset you. They want to make you feel inferior to them. Mm -hmm. They want to make you feel small. They want to make you feel um, three-fifths of a person. They They want you to feel like that. And when you don't give that to them, that it ignites their racial problems in their heads and they mm-hmm. become the person that some people in that group or whatever be like oh where that person come from like yeah that person's been there but
0: <laughs> I love how you explain that that is so a hundred percent true not that you need my affirmation because you've lived it but I'm just saying it's <laughs> it's igniting their personal problem you're not the one with the problem it's yeah. them who has the problem and I love how you don't fight hate with hate. You don't fight this inferior, superior thing with trying to one up him. You just can be who you are and you respond with yourself and then you put the problem back on them. I love that. That is such a genius way. Your mom was yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, she you know, she she um she knew a couple of things. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just certain things that you don't realize until you're in the moment and then you feel good about it when you walk away, you know, like, yeah, it might be in my mind for the next day or two, but you handle it right. You handle it right. You're not in jail. You're not beating up somebody. Cause then if that was the case, it'll turn into something even twice or three times bigger Mm -hmm. that, you know, this black dude is, is being violent and this and that. No one cares about anything else. Like I, I, I watch a lot of sports and You're not going to – the ref isn't going to call nothing on the first person. They're going to call on the person that retaliates. Like, I'm watching a lot of football. Somebody does something, and then the guy comes and pushes them or slaps them or does something like that. Ref don't care how it started. They they just see what they see and get it. They don't want to know the backstory. Mm-hmm. They know what you did. So that's that's another thing too, where you know I got to keep myself safe. I got to keep that. And I look at these people. So you know I'm about to get on this plane and head to another city tomorrow. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they probably were at the show earlier today and was cheering me on. And then yeah. and then you get out of there and something changes. So it's totally different of how people how people perceive you. But again just like you said with my mom it all everybody's story everything starts at the dinner table starts at the dinner table and it just either it, it flourishes or someone wakes up and says that's not how I want to live my life or this is exactly how I want to live my life and 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 take it from there um so it's it's a lot of things especially in this country that are generational based mm-hmm. You know, there's certain things that we can't let go, you know, the generation that was growing up or, or that was in their 50s in the 60s. You know, there's nothing that's going to change anybody's mind about that because they were raised and this is how society is supposed to be. And this is what, what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then that gets passed on, that gets passed on, that gets passed on. Well, and- in
0: the same vein, not only that a negative attitude gets passed on, but so does the trauma from generation to generation. Do you feel that within yourself from your ancestors?
1: I feel, I feel a burden of, of having to carry something with me. Like not even having, like, I didn't leave with the backpack. I didn't pack it. I didn't, you know, I didn't put my sandwiches in it. I didn't do any of that. But every time I leave my home, Mm -hmm. every time I leave with my daughter, um, every time we're out together, we have a backpack on us that's just like, we have to just hold it. And it's like, how do we carry this weight on us? It's either how, how are you going to handle it? And how are you going to make yourself and your family name better? Mm.
0: Yeah. That's a really good visual. The backpack of something you're forced to carry whether you want to or not speaking of have you and Sarah discussed how you're going to explain all of this to sweet Ava.
1: Um, we have not um discussed that just yet i mean there's there's things that we sit back, especially with all the chaos that's been happening over mm-hmm. the past few months. let alone this past year, let it alone the past four years it's hard It's hard for me to even think or process it because she's in such an innocent stage. You really can't say nothing that's going to make her realize what the truth is yet she's a beautiful young girl and that's the hardest part is because she's got slightly a darker shade the mm-hmm. the bias is a little bit different
0: yes it is
1: is. got a little bit on her back too because of that like she's not fully black mm-hmm. so you can't just sit there and go oh you negro blah blah blah, blah, blah but then she's got a white mom. So then now you know that she comes from a mixed relationship, mm-hmm. another scale to certain people that is different. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's crazy now how it's, 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 um, okay. Now people accepting it, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's in commercials now, more commercial, yeah. or mixed race couples more so than anything else. Um, but it's, it's still a thing of um, even in my own family, sometimes it was it was a big thing until, you know, they met Sarah and got and got, you know, understanding um, who she was and how awesome she is
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the earth. She is before that is, you know, it was all day a white girl. Interesting.
0: Yeah, there's a hesitancy.
1: Right. But it's like, it's, it's not a surprise because I've been around nothing but white all my life. Yeah. So it, it it was, it it's a thing of, that's just the motif that it was just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't brought up around any other major mm-hmm. culture, 24 seven, I would say mm-hmm. that. So I have to have, you know, the, the police conversation and when it comes down to certain things like that, I, 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 for one, I'll knock on wood because I haven't had any forceful or any problems with, with officers only because mad or not mad or, or, or why are you pulling me over or blah, 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 blah. You know, half of your rights aren't good. Just take the punch, take the ticket, whatever, keep it moving because you live for another day. That's how yes. I live for another day. But it's just, it's, it's certain things that... I I haven't been in many of those situations where it gets escalated and things that we see on TV is not the same. It's not the truth. We weren't there 10 minutes before we weren't Mm -hmm. there or we weren't there, you know, 30 minutes after. So there's, there's certain things that we see, but we don't know. And, and I, I, I feel like I, you know, have learned from my mom to just be respectful. If you, if you haven't done anything, we can. You got somebody you could talk to later.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Get it over with. Get it done because there is a very. I've seen a lot of, and not just in in officers or things like that. Just people of power, power yeah. tri- all the yes. time. The bouncers at the club, things like that. It's just, it's just. You give a little ounce of power, they take. You know, mm-hmm. a two liter bottle of power and and try to hold on to it. That's that right there, as far as in the nutshell of 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 how I feel about it. I, I just. Always wanted to protect her. You know, before she was born, I was thinking homeschooling with all the weekly school shootings going on. Oh, you know, I know. I definitely knew. Um,
0: it's so San- hard to think of any of our kids going to school. They all live in fear
1: every yeah. day.
0: I mean, it shouldn't be the way education is. And it's a very sad mark on our government and our it's systems.
1: It's crazy. I, I, you know, uh, Sandy Hook was on my birthday. And oh. And I, I um, personally, as a musician, one of one of our one of our jazz musicians um, from the artist collective, he he's worked with them. His daughter was um, mm-hmm. a, of of one that lost her life, and um, it hit real personal with that. Like understand, mm-hmm. like that can be my that can be my daughter, you know, yeah. when I think of so many years ago. But still, like it's just it's how do how do you protect these kids? But then. You got to let go too. It's, 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 it's a tug of war that you can't win. (laughs) That's
0: an excellent expression. It's a tug of war. You can't win. You know what I, I sense from you just sitting here visiting is that you have this feeling of this comfortable feeling. You feel like you're comfortable in whichever world or role you're in and you just figure out what's needed and you're comfortable there. You have no pointy edges. It sounds like,
1: Oh, I, I, I do. I, I, I do things, things, um, things get me, uh, emotionally riled up at times. Um, you know, things hurt things, you know, piss me off things, you know, I, 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 I can release that. But as far as when it comes down to <sighs> social, do you release
0: it through dance?
1: so uh, That, that, that does help. Mm-hmm. Does help. Um, but I think I think my time on the road with Riverdance helped me process cultures and process, you know, people in general as mm-hmm. as like us as human beings and what and and how literally we are boxed and checked in different yeah. categories. Because of our history and where we're from, our dinner tables we sit at, things like that are mm-hmm. all pl- placed together. So I found, I found over the years that I've been traveling, that I've I've had a a sit back and observe um, perspective, um, which which helps more for a situation that might arise where I would have to either you know take the initiative and stand up, or you know take the mm-hmm other road and say you know what we're just gonna we're just gonna like clear this up a little bit and 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 move on and hopefully hopefully i'll be a better person because of it and not yeah. and not it myself for not taking the opportunity of uh, slapping somebody or something <laughs> no not but, that you don't
0: get riled up but you do it it seems that you're very thoughtful about what you take a stand against and when and how is, is what I was saying, not in a negative way. I wasn't saying you're comfortable in a negative way. You just seem very comfortable around people and you well, well adapted might be a better word.
1: I, I, I have, I mean, like like I said, that's, that's really just, um, coming from the art, the art form, the art Mm -hmm. form was, was huge. You know what I mean? Talk, like I said, talking to the old cats, you know, things that, things that they, you know, told me stories that they've told me were. You know, me. I'm thinking about them now. Like certain certain things that probably did help me in the long run from listening to you know a certain guy or listening to you know a certain mentor. Um, things will pop up, and and you know, in the moment you're not realizing it, but these things are helpful to have mm-hmm. in your rolodex of you know. Yes. How this, How do I handle that? Um. And 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 having such a such a stern to the point mother, my mom was, was to the point. Like she don't, she don't play no games. Like it was just, tell me what you mean. And what you, what you say is what you mean. Like, that's what it is. We don't
0: give enough credit to the moms. There's so many single moms who have single handedly raised the most amazing boys and men and girls. But I don't think at the time, most kids knew the, heroics of their mom until they look back
1: yep, yep. yeah mm-hmm. it's the thing of you know and and <clears throat> me not having my father around um definitely made me become the heartfelt person that I am towards my daughter because I would never want her to not have both ends mm, for sure Support her like you can't you like my mom like literally, instead of, you know, having one leg on a shoulder and then my other leg on my dad's shoulder, she had to get on her hands and yeah. knees and on her whole back. So <clears throat> that's that and, and at that point and then her having to operate her life as that happens. You know what I'm saying? So Yes.
0: What a her- burden. What a strong woman. And it's one of those unsung heroes. She's one of the people, as many moms are that I've from the stories I've been blessed to hear. These are the people that go unnoticed, unnamed, no quotes to them, but they're the real heroes. Look at who they produced. Look at what their children are accomplishing. Those are the people. These are the women I want to celebrate, and I love that your mom has such high influence in your life. That's just beautiful to me.
1: She definitely instilled a lot of things in me as far as, you know, work ethic, you know, get up and do it right don't be lazy because they already think you're lazy. (laughs) What a
0: hard, what a hard image to have to be forced to fight back every day. Yeah.
1: And I think my mom did a great job of subtly putting these points in my head. So then when it came time, the sprout actually popped up, you know what I mean? But it was the seed long time ago, but it was, you know, in such a way that it was not, um, forcefully putting, the situation in your head it was like okay here's something for later when it's when it's time um so she did a lot of she did a lot of planning for me um and like i said the first thing when she brought me into a dance class was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me um it sounds
0: it so when was the first time you knew you wanted to open your own dance studio and how long has it been since you did
1: um, I, I don't own a studio. Um, I, I have, uh, my, my company is a tap company that, that travels and, and does their thing. We work out of, we work out of, um, the local studio here in Manchester,
0: Okay.
1: Um, but I, I definitely, I do not want to open a dance studio. There is too much going on. There are too many dance moms. <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. there's too. if you've seen the show dance moms, it is mm-hmm. all- all of that is true. I have so many dance models that has to deal with, um, but but other than that, like there's 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 just a lot, and especially like having my my focused on one genre of dance um, is something that I don't I don't I don't see myself wanting to run as far as like I can I can have my company I can audition and keep the people that I want I can um, put out. Uh, information that I need as 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 needed um, we get hired for shows here and there. The thing about that is is that I have full reign of uh, my artistic abilities to be able to do that in our nice. in scale instead of having the the studio and mm-hmm. then, and all of that stuff so I left that idea I left that idea um a long time ago, but to start my own company. I I wanted to do that since I got off the road with Riverdance, like, you know, living out of a suitcase for eight years, I literally spent, I think, 2005 to about 2008, I was home maybe for a month. Oh, my goodness. So I was on the road, you know, I'd come home for a week or three days and then take a flight out for another six to eight months. You know, I, I wanted to get away and start my own ways of thinking as a tap dancer and bringing that experience to um, the next level as far as so I've been growing really really fast and strong so yeah well,
0: congratulations that's I'm always happy for people who are succeeding at what they love to do that makes me so happy
1: just doing what you love to do when it becomes work, it, it, it is, it's, it's, not, it's not what it's meant to be anymore when it becomes a job. Or Isn't whatever.
0: that the truth? Well, I know I feel like I've taken so much of your time. I would love to touch on the um, raising, what it's like being biracial parents raising a biracial child. If you want to get Sarah in on this conversation, I'll make this our last question and then I'll do our closing questions together. Next, you are going to meet Corey's wife and my sweet cousin, Sarah. She brings her humble perspective to the issue of biracial parenting. Ava, their adorable three-year-old, also joins us and makes for the perfect background noise while discussing parenthood. Did you ever think you would be a guest on a podcast? No, I did not. (laughs) my life isn't that
2: extraordinary.
0: (laughs) I think every life is extraordinary. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Well, we've had some wonderful uh, talks already, but we were just about to talk about what it's like being a biracial couple, raising a biracial child. And Corey said, you have a lot to speak on that. And I would love your opinion because I don't, think a lot of people understand and have walked in those shoes. So I want more people to know what it feels like. So your experience matters.
2: You kind of don't understand until you're in it. And I don't know, like even before you're a mom, you don't think of things like you don't think of just everyday anxieties of having a child so then when you compound it especially with you know recent events and things that have gone on and things that are eye-opening you have to even take a step even further and go okay now how me as a as a white mom how am i gonna do the best i can for my daughter who is biracial so and a lot of that is just learning and listening because I don't have the background that, you know, Corey does or, you know, any African-American does. So I think I just have to sit back and listen. And, you know, Corey and I, we talk a lot about like, what's the best thing we can do to like equip her. And he, you know, from his upbringing, he says, you know, the best thing we can do is teach her about love and that love overcomes hate. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be people out there who are going to hate you, but it's you just have to brush them off. You know, mm-hmm. there's always going to be somebody who's going to hate you for something. Um, Do you and, feel like you
0: have a, a new target on your back? Being I, that you married an African-American and that you have a biracial daughter?
2: I, I think I, f- I didn't feel that when we were together as a couple so much. Um, it wasn't till I have to, like, teach it to my daughter mm-hmm. and teach her how to counter, like counteract those um attacks or um comments that are made like
1: i certain things on social media will get to her a little bit where she'll see something and it won't it won't affect her like it wouldn't affected her like three years ago four years ago but it it hits closer to home now where people are kind of making her feel guilty with their comments of Mm -hmm. things and this is and this is uh, this all goes back to what we're talking about like the past year of the intensity that's been happening in our country and she'll just read something and it has nothing to do with um, her personally or anything like that. But she feels it, that anxiety starts to grow in her a little bit, like, oh, did I do yeah. something wrong? Or should I say something? Should I do that? Yeah. And I would just tell her, no, let it go. Because these are these are people that either are talking out of hate or, or talking to, like we were just talking about before, to to um, rile, rile something up or get something else back yes. in yes. a negative way um, mm-hmm. to make her look back. So there's certain things like that. That's one thing that I can personally say that I've seen from her that affected her in a negative way. It's just, you know, just stay off of social media. (laughs) I
0: imagine that that pressure is, is pretty great. And you're so wise to say that you're learning and growing as you're doing it. That's such a, a wise stance to take and watching and staying aware. And the love of your daughter is what seems to be guiding you.
2: Well, I think, you know, we need as parents, I think you need to equip your child for life. I think that is key. But now there's just an added element that something I never, ever had to think of growing up and never, this is completely new to me. I, Corey and I talk a lot because I like, again, I I need to listen and hear perspective. Are there things that I've said that are ignorant? And I'm sure I have, I'm Mm -hmm. sure because of my upbringing, you know, it's, I know I have you know is there a little bit of guilt in there yeah because you know yeah. I feel like oh, I shouldn't have said that or you know that's not how I want somebody to perceive me mm-hmm. but <laughs> honey, but at the end of the day you know I just have to learn and grow and teach her the right things and you know again Corey and I we have a lot of discussions um, about what we can do as parents Because we're both trying to figure that part out too.
0: (laughs) I know you're new at parenting and then you're new at navigating these waters. Everything's new, but you guys seem to have such an open heart and open stance and you're going to do what's best for, for your family. I can tell.
2: Well, we're, we're definitely trying. Yeah, We're trying to,
1: we're on, we're on our way. And the the main thing is, is, is to have um, a strong foundation between the two of us where we can, be honest and talk to each other even if it does hurt the other person but it opens up mm-hmm. the talks or opens up our minds to um make things better mm-hmm. we get better unless we you have to you gotta yeah, you, you gotta dig you gotta yeah. dig through some some tough granite sometimes to get down 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 and and you know sometimes it's not the easiest but that's that's what marriage is about is to mm-hmm. you know, keep keep the communication open you know that's all what that love is to be able to say things like that and trust that and trust that the trust that the person the trust that the person is there and understanding is there. yeah
0: well it sounds like you are giving ava exactly what your mom gave you Corey. the foundation of know who you are and once you know who you are then the other things they they slide off your back a little easier it seems
1: right right she was born I just kept saying like we just have to keep this going minute by minute and just stay we gotta stay on our toes the whole time that's the only way yeah. for us to get by um you know yes. black white you know brown purple it doesn't yeah. matter like everybody that has a child is in the same boat where yep there you you have no schedule it's literally well then when you get something you're like okay this is our routine now and then before you <laughs> just a tad. And you're like, Oh, start yeah. from scratch again. So that
0: routine changed. But that's why, that's why my tagline is there is no them just us because we all have so much more in common than we have different. And why can't those differences just be novel? Why can't they just be pretty cool and things we learn from? Like you keep saying, Sarah, I just listen and learn. Yeah,
2: that's all I can do. And, you know, I was just thinking too, like the older she gets, it's going to be even more challenging. Like right now, him and I can have these conversations. We don't even have to bring it up to her. We don't mm-hmm. even have to to her that's yet. And that's, day, yeah, it's, 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 that's going to be a challenge, you know, when she comes home from school and we have to speak to her about something somebody said to her or an opinion that somebody gave her, you know, those things are hurtful or, you know, I've been doing a lot of research about how to like she has the most beautiful curly hair. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that she, it is her crown, that she wears it proudly, you Mm -hmm. know, but that has, I have to educate myself because that's, that's, that's something I am familiar with. So I have to educate myself and do the, do right by her. I think again, it is learning, listening, taking advice. And uh, don't you wish that
0: all white people were in those shoes or put themselves in those shoes? Because wouldn't we all just the world would be such a better place if like you said you weren't forced to think of any of these things growing up neither was i and this is why i want to have these conversations because i didn't grow up thinking about my whiteness like Corey had to grow up always being aware of his blackness he said it was like a backpack he had to put on every day when he left and you know we didn't have that experience and so we have to listen and learn from those who did and Well, what can we do to lighten that backpack? What can we do to take the backpack off? What can we do? We have to learn how to change our train, our way of thinking, our train of thought, Mm -hmm. how what we say. Like you said, I'm sure I've said things that I didn't mean to
2: say. Exactly. And then, like again, like like I feel guilty. I mean, again, it's ignorance, and you can't feel guilty of something you don't know. But you, you do. You still kind of do. Like I don't want to be or sound like that person. I don't Mm -hmm. want somebody to think that that's my true feelings you know so the main thing is
1: empathy to have it's hard to have that focus like you said if it was it was if it would be so much easier if everybody can just take that that red pill and 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 fall into one one day and just feel how that feels just to like you said like like I said like you know to wear that backpack or have to you know strap it on every day and 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 go so it's it's and and literally that that is a huge thing that you had just brought up is just like that's a that's a key point. Like welcome out in my shoes and, and that's that's literally could could open up um the world just a little bit more. Yes with, with that thought process. And vice versa too. Like there's there's so many things and we were just talking about we're talking about JFK and Irish and and, and, and Catholicism back in the day things like that. There's always that I have to shift to and and get an idea of what it is like. We're all human, but we're all different from from different corners, and yeah, and, and that's the hard thing is that people don't like different.
0: Sadly, yeah. so sadly, I want to ask each of you, since I have both of you, um in learning how to be um, anti-racist, I read Ibram X Kendi's book. Did you read that, Sarah? How to be an anti-racist. I mean, pretty straightforward title. If you want to learn how not to be <laughs> racist read that book, um, but he has this quote that says, um, he says that racism is not caused by hate and ignorance, but by self-interest. And I'm interested to hear what each of you think about that uh, statement.
2: I think everybody, you know. It's kind of a powerful statement. It is, power, it is a powerful statement.
1: I think, I, I think, um, I think on the scale, like yet, yeah, Yes, it's it's it it has to do with a couple of those points. Like everything is is put into a pot to create so much um, hate or negativity into someone's mind or body. Um, there's a melting pot of different different things. Um, but I would think, or th- as I'm thinking about this, fear. Fear of fear of not knowing or or unknown or or not understanding or not being or or, or having to change or understand somebody that is different to change, like to to meet and understand, like we have to sit at the same table. That's that there's there's a fear in 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 most people that have that um, racial tension in them. Yes. It's a it's 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 really it's really to me based on fear of the unknown, the not normal to you, the um, not the focal point of like, like I said, at the dinner table, not the focal point of my normal life, my, you know, 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. I'm seeing that person, that person or, or working with this person or doing that. The fear of, you know, just something new. And that's the same thing in life too. People are afraid to move forward in their lives because of the fear. So there's a lot of things that I think that mainly is, is, is brought onto that is, is, is fear
0: that is fantastic fantastic character quality to add
2: to that especially with white people it is self-interest because things would change for them mm-hmm. be honest mm-hmm. it's been very predominant <laughs> it's been very predominantly white
1: way of life just, just, for, just yeah. way of life mm-hmm. i
2: mean in, yeah in, i have i don't think i have one african-american associate not not because they don't they're not diverse it's just that yeah. i think that white people have probably better access to education or different things and i think that people are afraid a to a, a system was set for a reason you're right and i think that self-interest does play in that because things will change mm. and opportunities will shift and you know so i do believe that as well as fear I mean, the fear of change. <laughs> yeah, I like how he said it's like all, all
0: these things in the same pot, you know, take one out. It's they all make up the systemic racist, mm-hmm. um, yes. the systemic racism that we find ourselves in currently. Nope. And so the exactly. more people, the more people that open their eyes up to this new way of thinking, you know, we can dismantle it. Slavery was dismantled. And it's taken years to move on from this mental ideology. But I think everyday moms who change their children's minds will eventually change the system.
2: Absolutely, because we're teaching love. We're not teaching segregation. We're not teaching those things. Mm -hmm. And I think it absolutely starts in the home. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And dads,
0: not just moms. I'm sorry. I meant to include dads. Your dads are doing a great job, too. Dads do a great job.
2: Absolutely. It is it is a
0: two parent venture. Parenting is much easier when there's two of you. That's the truth.
2: <laughs> it is nice to just be like, okay,
0: it's your
2: turn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. For sure. <laughs> well, I'm
0: so glad I got to talk to you, Sarah. I'm going to, and I promise we'll be done in five minutes and you will have your helper back.
2: Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, it was great talking to you.
0: Good to talk to you too. See ya. Bye. All right. Well, let me get to your closing questions, and then we will be done. So, what is your tip to make the world a better place?
1: I, I I would just say, like like we were just talking about, is 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 learning learning empathy, learning learning how to just see each other's way of life. Is and 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 it's such it's so easier said than done. Like that's it's 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 easy for me to just come out of my mouth and say that because. I don't find myself doing that all the time you know I don't find myself like thinking that way like I was um when I was growing up in 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 my theater classes um you know they have the quote you know all the world's a stage blah blah, blah. but um Stanislavski once said that we are the um stars in our own show
0: mm-hmm. It's just
1: players. Everyone else is just extras in it. So, so my, my life, Sarah's life, Ava's life, mine, 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 mine. Everybody wants to be me, 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 me. And, and that, that's just humanity in its, in its core mm-hmm. that we want to live our best lives and, and think for ourselves and think for our lives first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, for us to take a step back And look outside into this, look at the spectrum that you see and get that 180 degree look from side to side and see that, that that's such a hard thing for anyone to be able to do with that mentality of I'm the star. Mm -hmm. This is my show. This is my movie that I've created since birth and each day is different. But you don't matter as much because you're just the extra. You just walk by in the camera, or something like that. So for somebody to to take that step back and become a supporting role, you know, like um, uh, uh, me being a father, I had to take the supporting role. Everybody jokes and say, you know, nobody's gonna care about what you think now. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it was always this this superstar, the tap dancer, blah blah. blah. And then I got <clears throat> Ava's like, no. I don't think so. Daddy next time
0: (laughs) it's Ava's world and you're in it.
1: Uh, Yeah, exactly. And I, I get somewhere else or, you know, people aren't, people would love to see me 10 years ago. And now where's Ava? Why are Mm -hmm. you Where's Ava? So there's, there's, there's things where we get put into those situations, but normally not even half of us as a population would do it on our own. And the thing is to do it on your own, um, just like you do your research and, and it has to, it, there has to be a fulfillment, like a want to do it. That's a want so
0: true. Yes.
1: To, a want to find out how to be a better person and make this universe better. That's the hardest part for people to get out of their norm and get into understanding something else. That's the only way change can happen is if we all do it together collectively. Yes. But Take chances, and that's the hardest thing to do—something new, to step out of your box, and make things happen. So that—that's the tip I would give. I mean, as, as hard as it is to do, I can see so much more better coming out of it, community by community. If we yeah, are,
0: I can too. Yeah. yeah, we should take that tip and run with it. Agree. Yeah. What are you the most thankful for right now?
1: Um, you'll know, make me cry thinking about this. My family. My um, my beautiful daughter. She's such a blessing. She's just, ugh, just something that that I would never have expected. You heard me in high school. I remember being on the bus in high school, going, uh, "I'll never have any kids. I ain't never gonna get married." I, I, I was, you know, <laughs> and free and all of that and all of that stuff. And 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 just and as soon as she was born, just holding her in my arms, um, and 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 just. Genuinely getting real love, like understanding what real genuine love feels, looks and smells like, like that mm-hmm. is, is, is a tough pill to swallow as, as an adult, like going through our lives. Um, we do a lot of mischievous things where we just, you know, we, we cut corners. We do things like just to make our lives better. Mm-hmm. We make other things worse sometimes because mm-hmm thing and but when you sit there and you say oh i love you i love you i love you i love you the word gets played out throughout the year you know but you sit there and you look at this kid in your eyes and that that kid has nothing else but you they have nothing else but you in their lives and for them to put their lives in your hands without Mm -hmm. even having a question, that's what I love, that trust, all of that comes into play, and you just see them grow from there, she just, you know, she's changed my heart, she's changed my mind on on a lot of different things, um, only because you can, I've never felt raw, genuine love and trust.
0: Yes, those children trust us, despite our past, despite our mistakes, despite what we're good at, despite what we're bad at, to know that, that we are entrusted with their life, despite what we've done with ours, that is such a heavy weight. And it 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 has to be life changing. You're, yeah. The way you speak of it, that is so true. And And none of us, and you can never be prepared for it, like Sarah was saying, you can't get ready for it. It happens to you and you go with it, right? And it's it's something to be so in awe and thankful for. I'm right there with you. I think I learned more from my children right. than I feel I ever gave them.
1: And moms and dads don't talk about it until after the fact, like I I bringing, you're bringing this little, this, this little soul into the world. And, and literally all they have is, is you like, hold me and, and let's, let's make this happen. So it's, okay. it's, it's about that like genuine trust and love that you see, you know I'm thankful for if we my- could
0: just harness that yep. and and spread that to everyone, right?
1: yeah, and that can go back to the other point that we we're making, like it's all about that it's all about genuine trust and love and understanding that. If you can take that feeling and understanding of it and 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 pay it forward somehow mm-hmm. to someone else's life that probably doesn't have a kid or doesn't understand what that meaning is, mm-hmm. um, you get a lot further in life too, that way,
0: so true. Well, your very last question: What is your favorite quote?
1: The the Stanislavski quote that we were talking about, um, mm-hmm. you know, a couple questions ago, that that quote stuck with me, um, you know, from my senior year of high school um, till now. Wow! But I hold on to that. Well, my my teacher um, Brian Jennings, he he's an amazing amazing man, and you know, I was I was you know the 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 bad boy senior, I was talented, you know, everybody wanted to, you know, be my friend, everybody wanted this and that, but he, he, he pre- prepared me for reality. Like this little pond that you're in, the big fish, you're not, you're not going to get that when you move out to the city.
2: Mm-hmm. You're gonna
1: get that when you get to Riverdance. You're not going to get that when you get there. It's how to understand the world as it works and the world as it works, um, and I still believe it is is um, selfishness. It's a bunch, it's a whole, it's, it's, it's a huge piece um, of everybody just just worrying about themselves, um, putting them and their family first above others. Um, but then how to sit back and, 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 and respect and understand that spectrum mm-hmm. and make your choices to kind of reflect that away from you personally to help yourself be better to help other people.
0: Wow, it has been such a pleasure to visit with you. I can't wait till you guys come and could you imagine like we could talk all night long, like all of us together.
1: We're gonna come out there right now too, like just talking to you and getting to know you a little bit better, um, understanding, you know, your thought process and how how, how you've handled your life. Um, you know you do a lot of research you do a lot of work on top of your work um so i in this conversation we've been talking for a couple hours now almost a couple hours and it feels like we've just been talking for 10 minutes it's
2: it's
1: it's, it's so crazy like when you just get that that vibe from people um we definitely we definitely should do that and 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 have a more intimate atmosphere and sit back and chill and 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 i
0: won't record that one it'll just be for our memories (laughs)
1: this is so much fun this is oh
0: good good I'm so glad you've enjoyed it and I'm so thankful that uh, you're willing to share your story with me today thank you so much
1: yeah thank you and thank you for you know your thought process and 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 bringing this to the front lines of of your audience um and their minds and perspective because um if we're not going to do it who is like there's there's a there's a strong sense of that And um, you're definitely setting a good precedent for people like me. And um, it makes me happy to to know that there's people out there that really want to make a change. And if we're not going to make a change, find a way to help change.
0: (laughs) Thank you for that. That's awesome. And that's the perfect closing line. If we're not going to do it, who is?
1: Exactly. Boom,
0: baby. That's done. I mean, we just nailed that one shut.
1: Corey, Corey out.
0: (laughs) That's right. There we go. Corey, Corey out. I can't say that with any other guest. So we're going out that way. I love it. Corey's passion for tap is contagious. I love how excited he gets when he talks about it. I love the freedom of expression and form that tap dance allows, but mostly I appreciate how personal this is to Corey. How he knows he's part of a deeper and larger culture of the history of tap, and he's doing his part to pass the mantle and history down to the younger generation. Very admirable. I also like how Corey views the world and sees opportunities. For example, how he used his time traveling with Riverdance to learn more about world cultures and how each culture processes things differently. He watches and learns and gains understanding in how to respond in different situations. When you need to stand up and defend yourself and when to speak out versus when you just lay low and move on. The beauty and wisdom of life experience. Corey spoke to the all-too-common burden of having to read a situation immediately in order to know how to most appropriately respond. He doesn't want to ignite any racist fears that may be laying dormant under the surface of someone in his presence. I'm equally saddened and astonished by this skill. I'm sad he is put in the position in the first place, that he doesn't have the freedom to just be. But I'm super impressed with how easily he just lets things go, in the name of peace, he would rather live to see another day. What incredible character. We've come full circle with the backpack analogy being used again near the end of our season. I really like how Corey describes what it's like. He says he never asked for it, doesn't want to carry it, but has it nonetheless. So this is a situation he finds himself in, and he adapts and decides he gets to determine how he's going to handle this unwanted burden. And in doing so he can make his family name better. I greatly appreciate Sarah joining us and for her teachable heart and posture of humility and desiring to watch, listen, and learn about how to not only be a better mother, but how to best equip their daughter for life. I love their strong foundation and importance. They both put on communication and honesty. All of us could benefit from these conscious choices in parenting, relationships, and marriage. I had the most wonderful time visiting with Corey. I left our conversation feeling uplifted and hopeful. He has that dynamic personality type that leaves its mark on you. At least, it left its mark on me. I'm reminded of Maya Angelou's quote, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. May we all leave those we touch today and every day feeling loved and better than they did before our encounter, as Corey has. Thank you for listening to Gramercy. Remember, there is no them, just us. See you down the road.